Well, last week we finished a long sermon series on the book of Acts. And it just so happened that there was one Sunday between the end of Acts and my sabbatical, and that's today. And I wrestled with what to bring you on uh, what will be my last Sunday with you for uh, quite a while. First, um, if you're new among us here at GRC, what am I talking about? Well, the rest of the church leadership here um, is committed to investing in the long-term health of our pastors. And so uh, for the second time in my 12-year, 12-and-a-half-year tenure here at GRC, uh, I've been given a 10-week sabbatical. It starts next Sunday. And um, a lot of you are, have been wondering, what will I be doing on my sabbatical? Uh, some of you have images in your head, and let me shape some of those images back to reality. Um, for the next four weeks, at least, my kids are in school. And so uh, I am excitedly looking at shelf upon shelf of books I've brought home from my, home, uh, from my church office to my home office, and I'll be reading uh, lots of Bible and lots of good books and soaking them up to stir my soul, to sharpen my mind, to recharge my spiritual emotional batteries. And then uh, once the kids are out of school, we will actually be heading down to the deep south to represent Grace Redeemer Church at our denomination's annual meeting. Uh, I know, going to general assembly on sabbatical might be breaking all the rules, but it's not a tough week of work, and I'll look forward to seeing some old friends. And the kids wanted to go, and so uh, I actually let them make that, uh, break that tie. Uh, we'll be back, have some family vacation mixed in, um, some more study time, uh, and to be honest, some opportunity to catch up on family time. Sorry. Um, they're not even here until second service. I'm sorry if some of you think this might be manipulative. <laughs> but uh, my family often gets my leftovers. <laughs> I'm known to cry in the pulpit, but... Thank you, Dennis. I knew your voice. <laughs> my family often gets my leftovers. Um, and my time leftovers, my emotional leftovers. And to be frank, part of pastoral sabbatical is catching up on family time. Not having to say no nearly as much as I do to my little guy. Um, I won't be golfing the whole summer. I won't be lounging around the pool all summer, but that is uh, as important to pastoral sabbatical, I'd argue, as um, reading any good book. Um, they don't get to be spontaneous on the weekends. I got to be home on Saturday night, sometimes distracted Saturday on my day off. 
um, and Sunday's non-negotiable. And too many weekdays, week to week, are ruled by my schedule. Um, counseling, meetings, things I got to do. And I count those all a privilege. Uh, but I'm thankful to the Lord that uh, your church leadership, along with me, um, is, in, is committed to uh, my long-term health and, bat- uh, and Josh's and the Desch family and the Wong family. Um, I'll be back in mid-August. And some of you have wondered uh, if this is sort of hinting at some kind of transition. Um, you might know something I do, but not that I'm aware of. Uh, I'm not going anywhere. This is home. As far as the Lord has shown me and Cedar and our family, this is home. This is where we want to be. So how can I encourage you? Uh, and how can I leave you with a challenge? I want to read three passages and then share some very personal thoughts after each one. Listen carefully. These are God's words. First Thessalonians uh, chapter 2, starting in verse 7. Uh, Sorry for no page numbers. I like to give those out so you can follow, but it's on the screen. Just as a nursing mother cares for her children, so we cared for you. Because we loved you so much, we were delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God, but our lives as well. Verse 11. For you know that we dealt with you, each of you, as a father deals with his own children, encouraging, comforting, and urging you to live lives worthy of God who calls you into his kingdom and glory. And we also thank God continually because when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you accepted it not as a human word, but as it actually is, the word of God, which is indeed at work in you who believe. This is God's word. This is not a job. This is a calling. And I don't say that to invite any pats on the back. I share that, first of all, to let you know that I think of you as this passage describes the relationship between Paul and the church. I think of you as a nursing mother cares for her children and as a father deals with his own children. Now, I'm not saying that I'm the adult and you're the kids, okay? Don't, don't let that be the takeaway. But what I am saying is that your family, your family, And so I love you as a community. I love you as Grace Redeemer Church. At the same time, I've had the privilege of getting to know many of you individually in your unique stories, in your unique joys, and your unique gifts, but also your unique brokenness. And so I can say that I love you individually as brothers and sisters and as friends. Uh, I would choose to be with you to worship with you, to serve alongside you, to hang out with you over all other options that I am aware of. This is home. This is family. And as a pastor, I um, often look out. I have this unique perspective. And I realize that what God has done here at Grace Redeemer Church is an incredibly unique thing. GRC, you are a treasure in the kingdom of God. And I'm not just a biased parent, if you will. You are a treasure. I also share that passage with you because loving you so much that I share my life with you uh, is a burden. And it's a burden I gladly bear. It's a burden Cedar and I talked about as we were going to seminary. 
um, it, it, it was uh, a naivete and not really knowing what life would be like. But we went into this with eyes wide open and we're thankful for the unique aspects of pastoral ministry that God has given us a privilege of being a part of. Um, uh, and uh, I meant to share some of that in this section of the sermon, but it just came out earlier in my transparency in sharing with you um, a bit of fatigue, emotional and spiritual fatigue. Um, what would I ask of you? I had asked that you would pray for deep refreshment, specifically for my heart to grow in the knowledge of the Father's love for me. That so characterizes Paul's prayers for all the churches that are recorded in our New Testament letters. And I would pray that you would uh, you'd pray for my heart that I would trust in and love Jesus more passionately. So to know his love and to return it to him. That's what I would ask you to pray for. Uh, pray also along these lines. Uh, it's tempting to fall back on human competence under pressure. And I need to recalibrate my heart so that I'm walking by faith and not by sight. I need to recalibrate my heart and sharpen my spiritual leadership, not just my organizational leadership. In my flesh, that kind of stuff comes more easily. Not that I'm great at it, but it comes more easily. And cultivating the walking by faith doesn't come as naturally. Pray for me as I uh, am on sabbatical. Pray also for my family because this is a unique season for the Wongs. Um, Pray that they would remember the summer of 2016 with great fondness. And Look for ways you can get in, uh, get, get off the sidelines, to serve, to pray, to look for opportunities to fill gaps, to ask ministry leaders and staff members and church leaders how you can be a part of this unique season. Uh, there will be some gaps while I'm away. But as you fill those gaps, especially if you've not been involved in gospel ministry, GRC will be healthier for it, and so will I. Not just for this summer, but in the long run. Secondly, uh, the church is one foundation. 2 Timothy chapter 3, starting in verse 14. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have become convinced of, because you know those from whom you learned it, and how from infancy you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. In the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who will judge the living and the dead, and in view of His appearing and His kingdom, I give you this charge. Preach the word. Be prepared in season and out of season. Correct, rebuke, and encourage with great patience and careful instruction. For the time will come when people will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. They will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to myths. But you, keep your head in all situations, endure hardship, do the work of an evangelist, discharge all the duties of your ministry. For I am already being poured out like a drink offering, And the time for my departure is near. 
I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. This is God's word. Those are the Apostle Paul's final words in the Bible. They may have been his final words, period, in his life, because he was about to die. He knew it. He was ready to be taken home by the Lord. And he's writing here in these two letters, First and Second Timothy, to a young uh, pastor and church planter, Timothy, his protege, who will carry on the work of the gospel. What does this have to do with any of you who are not pastors? First, the church's one foundation is Jesus Christ, her Lord. First line of one of my favorite hymns, the church's one foundation. What gives GRC her vitality, what fuels everything we do is Jesus Christ, our Lord. We are not, first and foremost, a Presbyterian church. We are, first and foremost, a church that proclaims Jesus as the only Savior and the only true King. We are not a church that proclaims Jesus because some um, Jesus-free culture that we buy into tells us that that's what we're supposed to do. No. We proclaim Jesus above all else emphatically, redundantly, if that's even possible, unabashedly, because we are a community of sinners who need a Savior. We're broken, and we need healing. And only Jesus provides that healing through faith in His substitute death and resurrection life. That's why we proclaim Jesus above all else. And yes, we are a Presbyterian church, and we're proud of that. And we come from a Reformed heritage, and we're proud of that. But the flag, if we were to wave a flag, has nothing to do with those labels. It has everything to do with Jesus, crucified and risen. All Scripture is God-breathed and is useful because all Scripture points to and culminate in the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. Every page of your Bible hints at or loudly proclaims Christ. That's the foundation of who GRC is, and that needs to be your foundation if you are a follower of Jesus Christ. Josh, uh, on some Sunday mornings, will take over primary preaching duties. He's ready. He's excited. He's passionate. The whole session has full confidence in his godly character and his ability to handle the Word of God, and you are in good hands. But I want you to look at him as a Timothy. Pray for him. Support him. And as you receive God's Word mediated through a broken man like Josh, just as you listen to the Word of God mediated through a broken man like me, realize and trust that his calling is to proclaim what God has said, not what you want to hear. That's the, 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 some of the last words to Timothy. Preach the word. And if I could paraphrase, don't worry about what they think. Preach truth with conviction, with passion, by the power of the Holy Spirit. That's what Josh is called to do, to correct, rebuke, and encourage in wielding the Word of God to his own heart, of course, but also to Grace Redeemer Church. Regardless of who's preaching in my absence, we'll have a couple of guest preachers because Josh needs to take some family time as well. If you're tempted to think that your spiritual nourishment might be lacking, 
might be different. You need to hear Paul urging Timothy here to care for his own soul before he ministers to others. That's your calling as well. Not to come starving spiritually on Sunday morning and needing a a sumptuous buffet to fill you up, but to come having been satisfied by your daily, regular um, um, nourishment, you and God, you and your Bible. The passage starts like this, continue in what you have learned and have become convinced of. Timothy, nor you, need new information. Continue in, go deeper in, massage it into your heart. The Holy Scriptures are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. You don't need a preacher to tell you how to live and what is true. You do need the Scriptures, and you need to read them and reflect on what God has revealed to all of His people over all the time of, the, of, of church history and pray it into your soul. So forget New Year's resolutions. They've all been broken already, right? Left by the wayside. How about a summer resolution? To read Scripture. To read uh, a devotional resource alongside Scripture. To help massage that into your heart. If you don't know the first place to start, ask me. Ask Josh. Ask Steve Hogerhide for recommendations. We'd be happy to point you in, in uh, several directions. Lastly, the communities one anothering. Colossians chapter 3, starting verse 12. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace, and be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly, as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts, and whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. This is God's Word. This is earlier than 2 Timothy, of course, and these are the words of a pastor caring for his flock. We just finished Acts with Paul in prison in Rome, and this is one of the letters he wrote. Um, Paul, as a pastor, passionately longs to see the church grab hold of gospel grace, the vertical dimension, and extend it to one another the horizontal dimension. That's his passion. You know, this past week's weather made it feel like March, didn't it? But summer's right around the corner. And many of you will be able to take a little bit of time off. Enjoy it. Uh, Kids have about a month left of school. Ministry calendar here at GRC will slow down. Enjoy that season, but also realize that what God calls you to, the highest purpose of your existence as a creature made in the image of God, to reflect His glory and to walk in the footsteps of the perfectly lived life of Jesus, which so often look like, uh, exhibited a a, a characteristic of self-sacrifice, realize, even as you're relaxing, that what God calls you to as the highest purpose of your existence is not symbolized 
by a recliner or a beach chair. Enjoy it, absolutely. But it symbolized this calling placed on each of us. It symbolized more so by table service. The word for deacon or deaconess literally means one who waits on tables. It's symbolized by a messenger who brings good news. And it's symbolized by a priest who cares for others and is working towards forgiveness. A lot of other symbols we could pick, but I just want to highlight these three briefly. Uh, The calling on each of our lives is symbolized by table service. Open your home. Share a meal. Organize a potluck. Invite people to, to picnic with you at, at Votee Park, I'm pointing in the wrong direction, after service on Sunday. Um, organize a, a girls' night out, whether in your growth group or just uh, among uh, several people you've seen and want to get to know. Or have a, a, a barbecue in your backyard with the guys to do the same. Not because it's convenient for you. Not because you just want to hang out with the people that you long to see most often who affirm you and are very comfortable. But because the king who has come came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Do it also, not because you only enjoy it, do it also to give of yourself to others. Table service. Uh, second symbol as a messenger. The first focus, as we've said already, is on the church's one foundation by reading and knowing Scripture and finding Jesus all over its pages. And then Paul's pastoral urging is possible. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom. Otherwise, what do you have to offer to each other in conversation? If it's not of Christ, if it's not from the Word of God, so very often it's not only unhelpful, but it's destructive. If you are rooted in the church's one foundation and you overflow to each other, it will be always constructive, edifying, building people up in Christ. Do you know The reason for the hope that you have, the Apostle Peter asks in his first epistle. Could you share the best of news about Jesus with someone else and point them to the salvation that is offered for all who trust in him? Can you do that? The word of God is the foundation and you need to know it yourself in order to overflow that Jesus might be praised. That is the work of the church. That, uh, the, the impact of my role as pastor pales in comparison with all the people of God proclaiming the truth of God's word here in the gospel. Third symbol, last symbol, priest. We have natural opportunities to care for one another here at GRC. Uh, meals ministry under the diaconate's oversight. And here I'm just talking about the family of God. Meals ministry, celebrate recovery every Wednesday night. Oikos, twice a month ministering to widows and single moms. The list could go on. There are hurting people. There are kids who need mentoring. There are widows who should be looked in at and cared for. There are families whose kids won't go to camp all summer because they can't pull it off. 
And they'd so greatly benefit from regular play dates with your kids. If we're a real family, we should care for each other as family, as siblings. And that second dynamic of a, of a priest's role. The biblical priest's work had uh, a lot to do with forgiveness. But there's no longer any need to sacrifice animals at the altar in the temple in Jerusalem for the forgiveness of sins, or at least to point ahead to what would actually bring forgiveness. Uh, Jesus himself offered himself on the altar of Calvary as the perfect lamb, the ultimate sacrifice, and he offered himself as the perfect high priest. There's no longer any need for sacrifice. Jesus' sacrifice was once and for all. That is the foundation of any forgiveness, but there's still a need for people to be peacemakers, to take that gospel truth and work it into relationships, work towards reconciliation. People who don't sow seeds of gossip or dissension or criticism, but people who instead, in humility, repent and extend forgiveness to others. Paul says here, forgive. How do I do that? As the Lord has forgiven you, as you're rooted vertically in the church's one foundation. Paul says, extend it to each other. Be peacemakers. GRC, I love you. I do. This, this delights me to see the family of God gathered. And I will miss being with you. I'll be here, here and there, back for worship services. But let me leave you with these words of Paul to the Thessalonian church. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. For what is our hope, our joy, our, or the crown in which we will glory in the presence of our Lord Jesus when he comes? Is it not you? Indeed, you are our glory and joy. Would you pray with me? Lord, what a privilege it is to be called by you into this family. Thank you, Lord, for GRC, Grace Redeemer Church. Thank you that your grace abounds and that we are united by our Redeemer. That truth together is what makes us a church. Not this building, not a, a set of bylaws, or an organizational chart, but our union with Christ, who alone is King and Savior, and has called us into relationship with you and then one another. Thank you, Jesus. Amen.